Listening to Real Talk SLP with your host, Felice Clark, the Deviling Speechy. This is a show to help speech pathologists navigate the SLP world with real life stories to celebrate therapy successes and how to persevere when failure comes knocking on your door. Welcome to the Real Talk SLP podcast. I'm your host, Felice Clark, the Dabbling Speechy. Today, we're going to be talking about ways that you can use the vocabulary from your favorite theme to teach depth of vocabulary knowledge. We're going to be chatting about ways that you can do that, some four simple strategies for building depth of vocabulary knowledge while using those theme words. And I'll link to a couple of research articles for how I got this information and why I use these strategies to help build vocabulary. Uh, we, our students with language impairments need a lot of engagement and direct instruction when learning new vocabulary. And I'm going to show you today how you can easily do that with themed vocabulary. So before I share those four strategies, I want to tell you about my next upcoming five-day theme therapy organizational challenge on Facebook. It is starting on June 26th to the 30th, and it's all about organizing. Yep. (laughs) If you are using theme materials or you use them this whole school year and you love them, but finding them is just, it's like going on an Easter egg hunt. You're not really sure where everything is, paperwork and meetings and everything else (laughs) got in the way of you keeping your materials organized. Uh, If that's you, you are going to want to join my five-day theme therapy organizational challenge. Each day, I give you a mini challenge to help you make progress with getting your themed materials and activities organized so that you can easily find them when you want to use that theme unit in therapy. Now, I'm going to be giving ideas for printables, for a few couple of different system ideas, and then also how to digitally organize all of your themed materials. So you get to pick which type you want to organize in this challenge. And and let me just tell you, I am, I'm a type A minus, I'm really a type B plus SLP. Okay. I love the idea of organizing and having everything in its place, but I also know the reality of being super, super organized. It's very hard to do because it takes a lot of time. And sometimes it takes a lot of money to do those things. So when I give you ideas, many of my ideas are things that I feel like I can maintain in a school-based setting or in a private practice setting without losing, you know, my mind with keeping everything perfectly organized, but also without losing anything. I mean, how much time have we wasted trying to just find that one book or that one activity that we knew we put it somewhere. And we usually did, but we, we end up looking for it, can't find it. And then a month later, we're like, there it was. It was there all along. Does it sound like you at all? Because it sure as heck sounds like me. And let me just tell you, on summer break, 
I am the biggest procrastinator when it comes to actually doing projects like this because I just don't want to do it. (laughs) I'd rather read my book or drink my sparkling water or even go, I would rather even go work out. Okay. But so if you are in that boat and you're like, I just don't want to get organized, but you want to be organized. You want to start the school year with a head start, with having your materials ready to go, then you're going to want to join this challenge. I will put a link to sign up and you will get an email to the Facebook group. We will be letting uh, people into the Facebook group the Saturday before the challenge starts. So instead of spending the summer procrastinating, why not join the organizational challenge and get your materials in order before the school starts? And if you have not attended one of my five-day challenges before, you get free goodies for attending. I do Facebook Lives. I have daily giveaways. And I have an ultimate prize for someone who does all five days of the challenge. And this time, it's going to be a $100 Amazon gift card and a free year membership to my Theme Therapy SLP membership that is launching at the end of this month. So if you're like, what? A Theme Therapy SLP membership? Yeah, I'm launching it. I'm so excited. It's it's designed for SLPs working with preschool to fifth grade. If you want to get on the Theme Therapy SLP membership waitlist, I will put a link in the show notes so that you can get on and not miss when it goes live because it's it's launching at the end of this month for a week and then I'm closing the doors. So you don't want to miss that. So get on the waitlist. All right, so let's talk about vocabulary and themed vocabulary. Let me tell you about when I first read this one research article. It was all about, you know, how many engagements with a vocabulary word does a student with a language impairment need in order to learn the word? And and let me tell you, I had a jaw-dropping moment. Like, what? Are you... Are you sure about that? I mean, it wasn't like I didn't believe it, but it also put me in a little bit of a state of, well, how the heck am I going to be able to do that? Because most of us see kids once or twice a week. But when I read the this research article, it said kids need 36 engagements with a word before they learn it. And how often do we approach therapy and we maybe spend one or two weeks on a set of words and then we move on from them? And so as we know from last week's uh, podcast episode, I stay on a theme at least two weeks or longer because that was one of the reasons why. Once I read that, I it gave me permission to keep going with a theme so that we could increase engagement with a word. And if I could pick a theme that was being taught in the classroom, I was just adding to that number of engagements with the word, right? And I, after I read that, I wanted to continue learning more strategies that I could use to really help my students build their vocabulary. And, and that these are the four strategies I'm going to share with you. It It was in a research article that I read about building semantic networks, the impact of a vocabulary intervention on preschoolers' depth of word knowledge. Now, this research uh, article was designed with 
preschool kids who are were not on IEPs, but they the the study used book reading and guided play interventions with preschoolers. And they found that after using these strategies, the kids really grew with their understanding of the words and they were able to relate the words more deeply and they were able to give more detailed definitions about the vocabulary words. After reading this article, I decided to start implementing these strategies to help build depth of knowledge with vocabulary. Now, you don't necessarily have to do these strategies with a theme, but I'm going to talk about if you did choose to do a theme, how you could still do this and how themes can sometimes be really great for building vocabulary because they're already framed in a semantic network. And that way your kids have a context to understand the words with. And you can also find books within that theme. So it can really be a good way to go. Now today I'll, I'm going to showcase how to use these strategies with a beach theme, just so you can get an idea for how it works. Now, strategy number one, explicitly teaching the meaning of the words with kid-friendly definitions. So you're going to explicitly tell them what the word means, but you're going to use it in kid-friendly terms. So for example, a cooler. A cooler is a container where you can put food to keep it from, to keep it cold. A cooler is a container to keep food cold. That's kid-friendly. You can show them a picture on Google. And, and then give them the kid-friendly definition and you're explicitly teaching them. You can use the book and point to it when you see it in a picture and give them a kid-friendly definition. Strategy number two, you can teach about the features or functions to form category groups. So you're going to take beach theme vocabulary and then talk about the features or functions that can form category groups. So for example, if you showed them a picture of a sand bucket, you can name the category as a beach toy. The function is you can put things inside it like sand and shells. It's shaped like a cylinder and it's made out of plastic. Okay, so you're teaching the features and function to form category groups. It's a lot like the expanding expression tool, but you're building the knowledge of how words can fit into certain things. So then you can even compare and contrast or list more beach toys and then look to see what features are the same and what, what, are, what features are different. Third strategy. You can teach multiple exposures to words in varied contexts. So this is when you give the child more opportunities to hear and engage with the word. Um, so this might be while reading a beach theme book. And then after you read the book, you're going to work on story retell and you're going to have some of these highlighted beach vocabulary words to use while retelling the story. Or you're going to take that beach vocabulary to build sentences. And you're going to add in, you know, adjectives and prepositional phrases, but you're going to create a new way to use this vocabulary in sentences. Maybe you're going to work on answering WH questions, or you're going to read an article about 
how to keep your beach clean and try to find some of those words that you were using to explicitly teach and and talk about the features and functions and try to find those in that article. Or you can create a hands-on activity such as a sensory bin to use the beach vocabulary in a new context. So we're providing multiple exposures to words and varied contexts. This means that you can do quick language activities throughout your session to create the multiple exposures to words. This is giving you permission to pull out that book and then to do your task cards and then to do a hands-on activity or a play activity. This is a strategy that is going to help build deeper connections with the themed vocabulary words. All right, so strategy one is explicitly teaching the meaning of words with kid-friendly definitions. Strategy two, teaching about the features or function of the word so that they can form category groups. Strategy three is multiple exposures to words and varied contexts. All right, are you ready for strategy number four? All right. Strategy number four. So you can take some of these words and relate them thematically or in a taxonomy. And I'm going to give you some examples from this study that I was, that I'm referring to these strategies. So in this particular study where they use these strategies, they found that the preschoolers learn taxonomically related words more deeply than words related thematically. And so I'm going to tell you about what text, give you some examples for taxonomy and thematic connections. And then that way you can see, I think both of them are good, but they found that taxonomy was the kid's made deeper connections. And I think sometimes that that could be because I think taxonomy can be a little bit harder to grasp because you have to have a good foundation in your categories and understanding how words relate. So if there is a weakness there, kids are going to struggle with that. So if you could build that part up, they will learn words more deeply and the word relationships. So a taxonomy example. So here we have a bathing suit. It is an outfit for the beach, which you wear during summer and is clothing. So you're putting, you're almost making, you're making category types, right? It's a bathing suit is clothing. It's summer clothing and you wear it at the beach, right? So you're creating these these deeper semantic um, relationships that, yes, a bathing suit we could totally classify as clothing, but more specifically, it could also be summer clothing. And even more specifically, we could say it's made out of like, I don't even know what the material it's made out of, but we could say it's made out of like spandex, um, right? Where other clothes are made out of wool. So that would be an example of a taxonomy. And then a thematic connection is, you know, the beach. What do you bring to the beach? You bring a swimsuit, towels, 
cooler with food, sand toys, boogie board, sunscreen, umbrella. So you're creating, you're, you're talking about vocabulary words that relate to the theme. And the theme is, you know, things you bring to the beach and you could list all those things out with the student, or you could have a sensory bin where it's basically all the things that you bring to the beach and the child gets to play with those items in the sensory bin while you provide explicit teaching, talking about the features and functions, and then providing multiple exposures to use those words, right? Now, like I said, the article said the taxonomy is the kids did better if they could relate words through that process. So that is where maybe you want to start. And if if you find your students struggling, using a thematic relationship would also be great as well. All right, before we wrap things up, let me just recap the four strategies today. We have explicitly teaching the words, teaching the words by features or functions, providing multiple exposures to words, and relating words thematically or at a taxonomy. This is something you can just do tomorrow, right? And now you can feel more confident knowing that you are using strategies that are going to help your students build vocabulary. And you can use it with your themes. So if you're a theme therapy kind of gal or guy, you can keep doing it. All right. Don't forget to sign up for that five-day theme therapy organizational challenge. You can reach out to me at Felice Clark at thedabblingspeechy.com if you want more information about the theme therapy SLP membership. But just get on the wait list and you won't miss any of the details. And as always, SLPs, be the SLP that every kid wants to see. Stay inspired, and I will chat with you next week. Bye.